Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. From rock starts to entrepreneur, he understands what it takes to help your business be found, liked, and trusted. He's married with two children and travels the country full-time in the fifth wheel. He has already been to 34 states in just 15 months. He is the recent winner of the most innovative digital marketing agency advertising firm of the year and best social media marketing agency. His firm, Perception Content Media, is helping businesses across the country grow their presence online. He was born into a musical family, and he spent the first six years of his life on a tour bus. After high school, he began, he began his musical career and has shared the stage with some of the biggest artists in the world. He has performed in front of 75,000 people in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and his current band, Fall of Envy, is still signed to a record label and has been streamed over 20 million times worldwide. So let's welcome Michael Baker. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing great, Victor. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's great having you on. So, Mike, I'd like to ask to get started. Ask you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? Um, well, you know, it's funny going back to looking at my uh, history. I, I really think that I always had the entrepreneurial spirit and, um, and, you know, little things that were, you know, I kind of was pushing towards being an entrepreneur, but I think I, uh, as with like a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, fear in that jumping off point. And, um, and so I really never pursued it that much. And then after handling the marketing for two multi-million dollar tech firms, even though that wasn't my job with them, I still handled the marketing for them. Um, coming out of COVID, um, when my last tech company and I parted ways, I just realized that what I truly love to do, even though I had never had a job per se doing that, um, was marketing. And so because of that, um, that's when I decided that I would kind of try this out on my own and, uh, reached out to the first person and, and gave them, uh, some social media content for them to use for free and asked them what they felt, how they felt about it. They loved it. And as soon as I walked out of that office, um, I called my wife and said, that's it. I'm, I know what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I'm just going to, I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to build my own marketing firm. That's awesome. So basically for when you were younger, you always had that entrepreneurial spirit, but as what happens with a lot of people, you had some fear. So you didn't really like, uh, take action on it. And but then many years later, you had handled the marketing for two multi-million uh, dollar marketing firms. You realized after doing the work for them, you yeah. love marketing. You said maybe I should try this on my own. So, and then yeah. you gave out some stuff for free, and you know for, to this uh, potential client, and then they went over and they said uh, they gave you really good feedback. So that's when you went back to us and said, "I'm going to try this." So, and you've been doing that the last several years. So after you did that, after you went on your own, how was it for the first six to 12 months? Because, you know, every entrepreneur is that journey is there for some. It's like it's not too bad. Some it's like struggle. Some it's up and down. So how was it that first year after you struck out on your own? Because uh, 
a lot of there, there are probably some new entrepreneurs that want to be entrepreneurs. They want to hear like what what the journey is that first year. Yeah. So um, great question. So obviously everybody's uh, story is going to be different. Um, for me, uh, I felt like I was shot out of a rocket um, and things really uh, took off for me fairly quickly. Um, and it's funny because uh, uh, some of the other things that I've done in my past have had me around a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of small businesses. And so I always had this in the back of my mind, like uh, fool's gold, you know, like don't... <laughs> Don't don't get too happy. You know, this the like this is you're running a business now. Things aren't just gonna come easy. But at, at first I felt like I was shot out of a rocket and things were going really great. Um I've I then I I uh, came upon some challenges and, and in one instance um I lost four major clients uh in about a 24 hour period all circumstantial it just was one of those things where uh they all they all just kind of it all happened at once and it was a big shock and so I I, I went down pretty quickly just as quickly as I went up and it was very scary um but that's also in, 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 you know, not to dig too deep already in the conversation, but that's also when I decided to really uh, reevaluate um, what my offerings were and and really made sure that I was I was giving the best possible product and services uh, to small businesses. And that's when I kind of reinvented the firm and, and not started over, but in a way started over. So it's been it's been quite a journey and and uh, ups and downs uh, for sure. No, and, and that happens to a lot of people. It's uh, you know, when you when you work a regular job, you get that paycheck every week, every two weeks. You know what to expect. Um, and like you said, what happens to you happens so a lot. You know, you're going, you're starting off. Things are going so well, and it almost feels like it's going to last forever. Uh, but you know, you, you, but you even knew back then things could change, and all of a sudden you lose four clients in twenty four hours, and that that that's big, and and that could devastate some people. A lot of people, frankly, in your position, might have just given up and saying it's, uh, I'm not going anywhere. And, and a lot of people give up when they go through the adversity. Adversity. Now, um, you decided to reevaluate your offerings and uh, change some things. You you and you decided to give the best possible feedback to your current clients, as well as the future ones. Now. A couple of questions I want to ask you about this because number one, and you know, you experienced some really serious adversity where a lot of people would have given up, and that's one reason why a lot of people don't succeed because sometimes it, it, this adversity will actually make you strong. What made you decide to to persist and continue, even though you went through a really trying time losing those four clients in twenty four hours? Um, was it uh was it a mindset shift? Was it belief in yourself? Was it support from your family, or was it some other things? Yeah, great question. So, I, I think it's um, it's it's a few a few different reasons. So, number one is uh, my wife and my two kids. Right, you know, uh, as as the husband and father, um, and the person that's that's uh, handling uh, paying the bills and bringing in in the income. Uh, my wife is a stay at home mom, and we also homeschool our children. So she's got she's got a lot on her plate, a lot of responsibility. Um, 
you know, so, so it's my responsibility to make sure bills are paid. And so, so first and foremost, you know, there's no giving up when, when you've got other mouths to feed and, and people to take care of, and it's your responsibility. Um, I would say the second thing is that uh, I kind of had it in me a little bit already, my musical background and, you know, uh, anybody who's tried to, let's say everything from trying to make it into professional sports or trying to make it as, you know, uh, in Hollywood or as a musician, that's one in a million shot. And so I, I did that for a long time in my life. And, and so I kind of had it built into me that I was going to constantly uh, continuously work at something and not just give up. Because if you if you give up every time a record label told you no, um, then then you would, you know, there's so many different opportunities out there. So I think I had it in me already a little bit built into me. And I would say the third thing is, and and one of the biggest motivators is I didn't want to go back to the nine to five grind. I didn't want to go back to that, you know, uh, sitting in traffic, going to go into an office, you know, and, and then getting getting there. And, and if there was more traffic that day than prior and then I'm five minutes late and then, you know, got to be concerned about whether the boss is upset. It, it, just all of those things was like, I do not want to go back to having to work for somebody else, be on their rules, their time and and go by go by that life. And, and um, that's a huge motivator to me as well, just to be able to continue to work for myself. And as you said at the beginning, uh, my wife and I and, and our two kids, we decided to start traveling the country full time. So I've got I've got clients ranging from uh, all the way from California to Chicago to Florida. I've got clients all over the country. And it's great because we just travel full time. And if I have to go back and work for somebody else, then I'm not going to be able to travel full time. And, and just do things on my own. You know, this afternoon we're talking about going and doing a hike. And, you know, if I'm working for somebody else, I can't just say, hey, let's go do a hike this afternoon because I wouldn't be able to. And so that's a huge motivator as, as well. So I think those three things combined are, are what keeps me uh, keeps me kind of moving and, and pushing forward. Yeah, those three reasons are very strong. Why? And I think that, you know, a lot of successful people say that that they that having an important why is really what helps motivate you to be successful. So number one, it was your wife and your two kids. She was a stay-at-home mom, was also homeschooling them. And uh, you had to support and pay the bills. So if you're not making it work, it's <laughs> the bills won't get paid. So, you know, so that's definitely a strong motivator. And and you knew from your musical background, which also a lot of people in sports go through, um, it's very hard to succeed. You have to keep trying and trying. And you can't just give up after one record label says no, because, you know, a lot of artists, they have to go, go through many different auditions. So you've learned to persevere and not give up. So that, I guess, helped you become stronger when you got involved in this industry. You learned from your past not to give up. And, right. um, and you also say you don't want to go back to the nine to five. You don't want to be involved in traffic and, and and deal with that stuff that you did before. And another big motivator that's part of it is you you decide you and your family to travel full time and you can't do it with a job. Like you said, you, you're going to you hope you're planning to do a hike later on today. And you can't do it with a job. You can't say to your boss, hey, can I, uh, I'm going to be back in three hours. My Me and my wife and my kids are going to hike. Your boss says, nah. So, yes. 
Yep. So that, that's some of the freedom you get to do by having your own business being travel. And it's great because, you know, your wife is homeschooling the kids so they can still get homeschooled, you know, while you guys are traveling. Whereas during school, it's kind of hard to go away for a couple of weeks and they're missing out of school. So that's another yeah. advantage of it. So definitely some really good stuff here. All right. So uh, another thing I want to ask you. Um, one, you know, one thing that some small business owners like to do is they wear multiple hats. Now, the, the danger sometimes is if you're wearing too many hats, it can be very overwhelming. You know, you're spreading yourself too thin. Be, you, can, you, can, you can become a renaissance man, a jack of all trades, but a master of nothing. So how can some of these business owners manage their digital marketing efforts without spreading themselves too thin? Yeah, so um, the, the first thing that I would say is, you know, if, if you're trying to manage it yourself, is make sure that you have the right tools. Um, it's very easy to because there's so many different tools out there to that you could use. It's very easy to get bogged down and going from one spot to the next spot and that next spot, next spot, and being completely spread out because ultimately what you end up doing is let's say you're handling your own social media marketing and you, you want to go ahead and get some some marketing out there and you want to just get stuff scheduled out for for the next week or two weeks. Well, if everything is is in all kinds of different uh, platforms and you got to go here for this, you got to go there for that, and then you got to go over to this platform to post it, that's just that's just quadrupling your time spent on doing those tasks. And so I would say try to try to get all the tools that you need into one spot and that way it'll minimize the amount of time that that you're putting into uh putting into your marketing. Um and it's it's very good to try to combine those tools together if you if you possibly can. Um, the other thing is, is, is obviously, and of course, you know, I'm a, <laughs> I have my own marketing firm, so it's hard, hard for me not to say this, but it, and I have to do this myself, right. As, as a business owner, it's very easy for me to, because I'm just a doer. Uh, it's very easy for me to just say, okay, I'm just going to handle it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to handle it. I'm just going to do it. And in reality, that my time is better spent in doing more revenue generating tasks. And so it's better for me in the, in the short term to teach somebody else or have somebody get a, get a, even as something as simple as getting a virtual assistant or getting something, somebody that you hire internally to handle some of these tasks and get them off of your plate. So you can focus on the things that matter. And so even if you don't have the the ability to hire somebody as a W, <laughs> excuse me, as a W two or ten ninety nine, then outsource it. You know, there's so if you're not most businesses nowadays, they outsource their payroll services, right? There's no, very few businesses are writing physical checks to their employees, right? And so everything is becoming to a point where, it, it, are you going to change your own oil? On your, on your car, or are you going to take it to somebody who can who can change your oil in 30 to 45 minutes and be out the door? You're going to take it to somebody who knows what they're doing and can get you that time back into your day. And so I think that's a big part of it is understand the tasks that, that you should handle and, and do that, but also 
delegate that stuff out. It's it's a hard thing to do when you're when you're a business owner and when you're an entrepreneur. It's hard to delegate out, but that's some of the biggest things, the best things that you can do is to find the right people. Uh, there's a great book uh, called Who Not How. I highly recommend it. it it's it, you know it's finding the who's instead of figuring out how to do something. If you find the right who's, then all the hows are taken care of. Yeah, by the way, I agree. I read that book a few months ago, Who Now How. I definitely recommend that to people, especially those who are, you have their own businesses. You know, find the who. Too many people focus on the how, and that's why they get into trouble. Definitely, I highly recommend that book. Um, yeah, so you start by saying, you know, if, you know, have the right tools if you're managing yourself and try to combine as much as possible. It seems like, you know, if, if possible, try to automate as much as possible so you're not doing 12 different things at once. And you also mentioned something very important, which I think a lot of people forget because they try to wear so many hats, try to do it all by themselves, but they wind up focusing so much time on stuff that doesn't generate revenue, on things that are not important that would be better spent delegating it to someone else, teaching it to someone else, outsourcing it, giving it to a VA, hiring a VA. And that's a lot of companies do because, you know, even if you're, you know, working from home, you know, you may, if you can do an activity that's paying you $300 an hour, it's better to focus on that than trying to mow your own lawn, whereas you can hire some teenage kid who can do it, I don't know, $50, $100, whatever. Uh, you, you, you're you still making an extra $200. A lot of people don't think of it that way. You got to focus on things that are making money. And that's what all successful people do. They they And a lot of times you're doing things you're even not that good at. So, so a lot of times you're hiring people who love what they're doing. So they're happy. You're paying them. <laughs> And you're happy because you can focus on the things that are really making you money. I I know one guy, he was he was doing pretty well. He was um he was making uh, like uh, fifteen twenty thousand a month. And then he was at an event that was uh, run by Frank Kern, who's a big marketing guy, and and it was a three day event. And he got to spend fifteen minutes talking to Frank, and Frank out you know he was asking for advice, and Frank says, "Are you duplicating yourself?" He says, "What do you mean? Are you teaching everyone?" Uh, what you know so that you can focus on the things that are most important to you so that they can see or take care of the less important stuff. He said, no, I'm not. Well, that's what you need to do. He said that conversation changes life. He got five or six of his friends. He says, I'm going to teach you guys everything I know. And then and then he did that. They started focusing on the things that were, that were not as important. He focused on the revenue generating things. And ever since then, he's never made less than 100000 a month. All because he wow. learned to duplicate himself, focus on the things that are important and the things that are less important, he hired other people to do. So that point you made is something very important um, because you can't scale yourself. You can scale everybody. Well, even a concert, a band does a concert. All they're doing is performing. They're not setting up the seats, the light. They're not selling the tickets. They all, they all hire other people to take care of that for them. And yet they have a successful concert. All they're doing is playing the song. But they outsource everything else. It's taken care of by other people. So... Definitely a very good point. Um, good stuff. The next thing I want to ask is, you know, you uh, a lot of times businesses want to be found, liked, and trusted, especially in the beginning. But that's a struggle, especially for a lot of small businesses where, you know, maybe yeah. not a lot of people uh, know them. So how can they be, what are some of the things they can do to be found, liked, and trusted? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if somebody's trying to find your business, and most people, uh, let's be honest, most people are going to Google, right? And they're and they're searching for business. So they may say, um, you know, restaurant near me, 
uh, retail store near me, boutique store, coffee shop near me, whatever it may be, or they're putting in instead of near me in a specific city. Google's got that split second to come back with the best possible results, because if they don't, then people are going to start going to the other search engines to find better quality information, right? But when you put that into Google, Google's got that split second. Well, they're going to look at your Google business profile and they're going to see if you have a Google business profile. They're looking obviously in their own backyard, but they also go out in that split second and they're looking at all their friends. They're looking at Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Bing, Yahoo. It's it's about 50 different uh, sites across the internet that Google is cross-referencing the information from the Google business profile to see if it is 100% accurate. If it is not 100% accurate, so for instance, if you put suite, if you, let's say you're suite 300 and you write the word suite on Google business profile, but on Facebook and LinkedIn, you just have the number sign 300. Well, they they actually look at that and they say, that's not 100% accurate. We don't know if this is the right business. It actually starts to derank you on Google and it starts to hurt your listing rankings. And so one of the first things business owners can do is they can fix their listings across the internet. Um, it, it's a tedious task, but it is that's the first thing. If you can look at fixing all of your listings, make sure wherever you're listed, even if it's just the little things such as um, such as Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, X, you know, any of those main social media platforms, make sure those are 100% accurate compared to your Google business profile. Make sure all of that that is 100% accurate. That will help your rankings right off the bat. So that that's going to be the first thing. That's helping you be found, right? The next thing as far as being liked, and, and this is kind of combined liked and trusted, is getting reviews. The more reviews you have, and four and five star reviews, the better your business is going to be perceived before anybody even looks even any further into it. And and restaurants are a great example of this, right? If you're looking for, let's say you're visiting a town and you're looking for a great burger restaurant and you put burger restaurants near me and the first four that pop up, you got four options there. And even though the first one that pops up might, might, might be in first position, but the second one has three times the amount of reviews. They're at 4.7. And the first option was a 3.2. Which one are you automatically going to think is probably the better restaurant? The one with three times the amount of reviews and the higher review ranking. And so immediately you think people like this place. And now I can probably trust this restaurant that if I go there, I'm going to get a great burger. And so those are the three main ways, uh, like easy, easy ways. There's more to it than that, right? But as a business owner, if you're trying to focus on how to be found, liked, and trusted, those are the main things that you can do. Make sure you're listed accurately across the internet, internet, um, 100% accurately. And number two, get as many reviews in those four and five stars that you possibly can, because that'll increase your rankings and people will immediately have that perception that you are, that you are liked and trusted. Uh, definitely some good stuff there. I never thought of it uh, before, but yeah, it fixed, so fix the listens, make sure everything's consistent because if your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter X, 
don't match them, uh, Google's going to penalize you for that. And then you, it's going to be much harder for you to be found. So uh, right. thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure any, anyone listening is going to appreciate it. They're going to start fixing the list and make sure everything matches. So one little thing, you know, you, you write sweet S-T-E instead of S-U-I-T-E. That thing can throw you off and Google will like can penalize you for that. So I did not know that. So definitely some good stuff. And like you said, if you get more four or five star reviews, the better your business will be perceived on Google. So uh, definitely some good stuff there. Uh, next thing I want to ask you is, you know, for a lot of, you know, you know, business owners that are beginners, digital marketing analysts can be very overwhelming. So what are some of the key metrics that small business owners should focus on to gauge the effectiveness of their marketing efforts? Yeah, I would say um, the, the, you want to know, so how many people are viewing your posts on social media? So you want to, you want to track those views because that that's the first step, right? If, if nobody is seeing your content, then they can't engage with it. So, so the first thing you got to do is see if people are viewing your, uh, see your views, how many people are actually seeing your stuff. And there's plenty of ways to track this. Uh, obviously you can go to each individual app, let's say Instagram, and you can just look at the analytics on there. Um, and, and there's, there's definitely different ways that you can track that. Uh, the second thing is of course your, the engagement, the engagement is how many people are liking your posts, how many people are commenting on your posts. Um, and so putting out content that <laughs> invokes people to want to engage with you, to want to ask you questions, to want to comment on your posts, that's going to be the the second step in that, right? You want people to engage with it, which obviously also helps uh, spread out how many people see your posts. And then the third thing, of, of course, is the leads. How many people from from the, that three from that other two steps are now reaching out to you, follow, looking for you on your website, reaching out to you and saying, "I need help with this. I need help with X." Uh, so those are the three main things that you need to look for: is is how many times, how many people are seeing your content, how many people are engaging with it, and then from that point, is it is it resulting in leads? Is it resulting in business? That makes a lot of sense. First, focus on how many people are actually seeing your post and then how many are engaging in it. And then finally, you know, are you getting leads from people reaching out to you for help? So definitely, I like that. Now, as we're getting toward the end of our interview, are there any last minute pieces of advice you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, I would just say, and it kind of is is um, following up a little bit more on, on what we were just talking about is, is understand your audience, right? So uh, if your audience, if you're looking for a younger crowd uh, to, to engage with, understand what time they are most likely going to be on social media. If, if you're going to be doing a ton of social media marketing, understand where they are going to be uh, spending their time as well. So, you know, I, I've, I've talked with business owners before where they're like, well, you know, I've got I've got my Facebook and, you know, and, and, and that's that's what I do. I, I don't really want to get into doing TikTok or or any of these other new apps and stuff. I, I'm kind of good with that. I was like, well, is your audience is, are, are your main customers younger generation? Are you trying to tailor to them? Well, yeah, that's 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 who our primary customers are. Well, then you need to be on the platforms 
where those people are going to be. You know, there's a big joke out there with with a lot of the younger generations now that their grandpa and grandma are on Facebook, right? The, the older people are the ones that are on Facebook. They're not on Facebook hardly at all anymore. So make sure you understand where your audience is going to be and what your audience is looking for in content. What what is going to get them engaged? If it's an older crowd, if it if you're if you're looking for business owners, if you're looking for a lot of that professionalism, then you need to be spending a lot of time on LinkedIn because that's where business minded people are going to spend most of their time as far as social platforms go. So understand your audience. And make sure you're tailoring your marketing to that audience so you're maximizing your your ROI on your marketing efforts. And that's definitely some really good advice because I think sometimes uh, entrepreneurs, business, they focus on where they think the people should, what they think the people should be at. But you need to focus on where they actually are at. So, for example, you you mentioned young people. Maybe they are on on TikTok or maybe Instagram or Snapchat, whatever they are, you got to go where they are because if you're just if you're gonna look for young people on Facebook, uh, they're like you said. Once the parents got on, the kids go get off. It so wherever the parents go, the kids stop going on it for some reason. You know, so they keep switching, so they go on to the new app. And like you said, if you want you know older, more established businesses and people, you know, you go to LinkedIn because that's where a lot of them go to. So you got to know where your audience is, where they spend their time, what time they're there. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get throw the ego out. You gotta know if if, if my audience is on TikTok, I gotta learn TikTok. It doesn't matter if I like it or not. That's the only way I'm gonna get my business going. So definitely, you know, focus on what they are. You know your audience, uh, focus on their needs and desire, where they're going, and um, that's the best way you can start. That's the best way you can grow your business. So definitely a lot of good stuff there. So Michael, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It was a real pleasure having you on. You shared a lot of great tips, a lot of great advice, and. Uh, Definitely a lot of good golden nuggets. And if people want to once again in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, absolutely. So my business is Perception Content Media. And if you go to perceptioncontentmedia.com, uh, you'll be able to, there's actually some pages on that website that dive deeper into everything we talked about, about how to handle listings, how to handle your reputation and things like that. So there's some great videos and and some things that dive deeper into that, but it's perceptioncontentmedia.com. And you can just hit the contact uh, us page and, and just send me an email. Um, I usually see pretty much almost every email that comes through. Um, and so, and if, if you want, uh, I have this great thing uh, that uh, I give to business owners. Well, I typically charge for it, uh, but it's called an online presence report. So if you want to see exactly how Google views your business right now online, if you if if anybody who's watching your podcast or listening to your podcast goes to my website and emails me and says they want the online presence report and mentions your podcast on it, then I will give that to them for free. It's about a $500 online presence report that will tell them everything that they need to do to get fixed. There's no strings attached. They can take that report and they can go fix everything themselves. But it's obviously it's it's some really great information. But anybody who's watching and listening to your podcast, if if they reach out to me and ask for that online presence report, I'll do it for them for free. Awesome. That sounds like a really great, uh, really great gift. Yeah. Save yourself $500. Find out, you know, you know, what your presence is like on Google. So definitely good stuff. So if you're interested in knowing that, reach out to Michael. Again, thanks, Michael, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you, Victor. Appreciate it. You too. Bye-bye.
Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.